Welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. On Future Fuzz this week, I speak to Blair Sharp about personal branding, great content through AI generation, and uh, challenges with alcohol. Also, we dive into mental health. It's a really great episode. Enjoy the show. My thing is that, like, <clears throat> I'm not an expert, right? Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a person who is helping other people. I don't know, like, um, how do you say this? I'm not an expert. I'm not like a guru, guru, you know, it's not my job to like teach people about personal brands. I have just been able to start from zero and build like a community several times being relatable, being myself, telling my story, whatever. And so like, that's what I'm sharing. And I think that's what people really like too, right? They really like just like normal people, like people that aren't always trying to sell them something or to sell them a um, a course, even though I'm, I'm in the middle of making a course, but like, you know, like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like build yeah. it first and then monetize it or whatever, you know, like that's kind of like what I've done, but, um, great. We're so, sliding straight into it as we do here. We've, we've officially I, yeah, started. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let, let's, di- let's dive into that because you say sure. you've built communities several times. You've got great yeah. following on LinkedIn. You do produce great content yourself. I think Thank a lot you. of people struggle with personal branding. What right. is what is the key to great personal branding? Um, I think people overthink it. Like for me, it's just about having a conversation with someone. It's, um, you know, when you're when you're making a comment on someone's post online, use their first name, respond without thinking. Like I just like, start going when I'm commenting and half the time it ends up like, Oh my gosh, this is a post. And then I copy and paste it, rewrite something similar, you know, but like, it's just like, like, what would you say in the moment if you were in a room talking to a person? Cause you don't have time to sit and think. I mean, I mean you do like, right. When you're like, if you're having a conversation with a person, but it would be so weird if you like sat and you're like, wait, let me, let me, um, craft something to respond to you with, you know, it's just like, no, just answer, uh, the question or, or respond to. So it's just like being a, a regular human and just like not overthinking it. Um, right. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people maybe come across being a bit disingenuine, right? Right, right. Or just reiterating what the, the post said or something like that, you know, if you're commenting, let's say. Um, but I think for posting, um, for me, it really helps to just, and I do this with my writing too, just to read it out loud before you post it. Cause that's what makes it really conversational because it's just like how you talk and that's how your tone comes across too. So yeah. that's kind of what people will say about my content is like, Oh, like I can tell you wrote that because I can tell right. your tone, the way you say, you know, words can't really get my Minnesotan accent in there, but you know, I'll work on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Love it. clears throat> yeah. And just like be funny too. Like there's so much of this like stuffy content out there. It's like, I mean, I'll write a, a tips post too, you know, like five tips to whatever, but, but it's just like putting that personality into it too, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well. So let's like, if we talk about LinkedIn in particular, yeah. um, it's a converse, it, it's crazy how the platform has evolved so much yeah. over the years. I remember getting on it and it was a bit like putting your CV on there, applying for jobs, Right. You know, it was pretty two dimensional now. Right. But then then the business pages came along and then everybody started messaging a bit more into it. Yeah. And then it all became, you know, pretty automated in a sense. And it's it should be used as a conversation platform. Right. Right. Um, I think we both commented on the pitch slap 
outpost. Yeah. You remember, oh my right? Gosh. So, Those are the worst. Yeah, so that's a big problem at the moment. So how can companies avoid this thing called a pitch slap? And I didn't know what a pitch slap was, but it's basically when you add <laughs> someone yeah. on LinkedIn, right? Yep. And then right. as soon as you accept the message, they're like, this is what I do, listen to me, I'm selling you something. What right. can what can companies do to, to really avoid um, that? The problem is, is that we, everyone just wants immediate, uh, you know, whatever we want, we want it immediately, right? We want to grow quickly and be viral or like companies want to sell, right? And then the point is, right, you have to sell, you have to do those kind of things to sell. But I think a lot of companies are, are having the person, they're putting a person to the face of the company or, or I've, I've seen that a lot of companies will have the people that work for them they're sharing the content and they're sort of building the company. Cause I feel like business pages aren't really, I don't see a lot of business pages interacting, Agreed. you know, anymore and yeah. they don't get as much traction. I don't think. Um, so as far as like a, a business that's maybe more one person or like solopreneur, it's just like make those connections, make the relationships and then become known for talking about what your business is or what you're selling or what your what service you're providing you know because you want to be known for like being the go-to person or the go-to business like oh hey i i can't do that but i know a guy or i know a girl or a person or a business that does this cuz you've built those relationships you know and yeah. that happens over time it's not really like um it's hard to track too you can't be like well i made seven relationships today <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't track that so yeah. it's almost like you really just have to it's you have to be consistent and work hard at it and it takes time so yeah i think that's true everybody wants instant gratification yeah. and and especially b2b right it just right. takes time you've got yeah. to keep doing it you've got to be consistent you, you can't try and like wing it overnight definitely um let, let's let's briefly touch on AI, right? Because there's a lot of AI yeah. tools popping out. I mean, with ChatGPT4, mm -hmm. which I think got banned in Germany yesterday. I'm sure I saw that. Post it got banned. Somewhere. Yeah, it's been oh. banned. They're trying to ban it in Italy, and I think Germany is also getting a bit worried about it because of data protection laws, which are really tight in Europe. Oh, but okay. anyway, like there's loads of AI tools popping up. How people are using them. It's, it's no doubt about it, but how can they mm -hmm. how can they best use them, right? Yeah, I think um, you know you called it an AI tool. It's not it's not something that you should use and and put nothing else into. Like use it as a tool. So like for me, um, it's drastically cut down the time that it takes me to write like let's say a blog, right, or an article. Like I will, you know, put in, I've used ChatGPT and then also Moonbeam is another one that I've used um, just to like help with outlines, right? Like, so I put in like the topic and then it gives me an outline and there's my ideas on the page, you know, and I can just take, I pull and brainstorm that way. Or I say like, you know, expand on this topic or this idea if I'm thinking of, of something. Um, I have not used it to like write posts, but I've used it um, to get ideas for posts, you know? So like if... One morning, I don't batch any of my content. I, I have a hard time with that because I feel like I have too much to say. So like if I made 11 posts, I probably wouldn't post nine of them because 
I would think of nine more things by the time that, you know, time comes. So, like, I just can't. I right. just have given up. Whatever. I've not really even tried because I know I can't do it. In, so. in England, we call that a shit filter, right? You can... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so... that's good. You know, that's a, that's a problem with a lot of AI-generated content yeah. is that people are not filtering it. They're just no, putting they're just it out No, they're just copying it. And you can tell. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, yeah. we're not dumb. I mean, most people can tell. Like, I can't even tell if someone comments on my post in an AI comment because it's literally just taking what I said in the post and reiterating it in the comment. And I'll just be like, thanks. Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to give you yeah, like a full. It. Yeah. And you can like, you can see it just like line by line, you know? <clears throat> so I think we're all getting um, smarter with having more of these tools out too. Cause we'll be able to recognize, recognize that. Um, but yeah, I have used it for posts just like, um, you know, write a post about personal branding, let's say. Um, and it will write it and then I will just like pick a couple things from it and like, Oh, that gives me a good idea. And then I, I'm pretty good about just like going off and writing it on my own. Um, and, and I think if I did anyone who's like a regular on LinkedIn or wherever you're writing regularly and you have people watching, I think people would be able to pick up that your writing is not your writing. Right. Because like, they're so used yeah. to you and your words and that's why they're, um, dog. That's why they're, that's why they follow you because they want to hear what you have to say, not what chat GPT has to say, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I make typos all the time. So if it was perfectly so they written, would know. everybody would <laughs> yeah. know that it's not me. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I sent out a few, you know, I, I do work on LinkedIn outreach and do, you know, yeah. help companies contact other companies and start conversations. Right. And unfortunately mm -hmm. I do make mistakes, but then I'm thinking, well, it shows that I'm human, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll say sorry for that typo, but I assure you that I'm not a robot. And half um, the time people won't even like, they won't even notice it, you know? Like, they'll just be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice that you used the wrong there or whatever. But like, you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Future First is sponsored by SalesSource, B2B pipeline management and sales growth for your business. Cool. But um, so your, your other, let's say you have two careers, so you're freelance writing and content work that you do, but also you, you work in another field as well. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I work at the Mayo Clinic here in Rochester, Minnesota, in the US, and um, I am a psychometrist. And so no one knows what that means ever. So I always have to explain it. Uh, so I give thinking tests to patients. So I let's say, you know, read them a story and then they have to read it back. Or I do, you know, puzzles and like brain games with them. Um, so it's testing like memory and attention, things like that. So I've been there actually tomorrow will be nine years in that position. Wow. Yeah. So I'm slowly dropping my hours. Um, hopefully by the end of summer, I'll actually be part-time and then part-time writing. So I've only actually been writing for work, writing for work since last fall. Um, so seven months or so. Um, I've been doing writing longer than that. It's just like, I actually haven't never really tried to get regular clients until about seven months ago, but it happened very quickly. Um, but it all helped being online. And, um, you know, I had this brand on Instagram, which is where I was before LinkedIn. And that was an alcohol free Instagram account. And so I grew that right. to about 18,000 followers. It's dropping now because I'm not over there anymore. Right. Um, right. <laughs> which whatever, I don't care. And which is so funny because it's like, oh, 18,000. Now I don't care. But I found LinkedIn. And right. I'm like, oh, I love LinkedIn. It's so much better. I fell in love with LinkedIn just because the writing. It's like I'm a writer, right? Like Instagram is all like pictures and 
it's so nice to not have to show my food, you know, like all the time. Like, yeah, like yeah, I'm going yeah, for yeah. a walk now. Like the stories, like I'm just, it's nice to not have to do that anymore. But um, yeah, sorry, I get off on a tangent. No, all good. Um, but let's go back yeah. to the to to your background in in, yeah. in psychology and uh, and psychometrist. Is that right? Psychometrist, yeah. Psychometry. The first time yes. I've ever heard of that. Right. That, uh, but do you blend that in any of your work, like understanding of what people are thinking about and what they want yeah. to hear about? Do you, you must be blending that in, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a big part of the job is to observe people's behaviors as you're with them. I mean, I'm with these patients from two to four hours at a time, you know, so um you kind of have to just pay attention to what they're doing. If they say anything that's a little different, you know, you write it down or if they're getting, um, you know, nervous about certain tests and th just little things, you write it down. So I feel like I'm really good at recognizing people's behaviors. It's probably harder like over, over the, um, internet, you know, but, um, I do write a lot about mental health and that's, um, a lot of what my, um, my freelance writing is. Um, and so as far as like content creation goes, I don't know, I'm sure it like plays into it without me even thinking just like kind of the way I write and like, um, writing in kind of like a motivational, inspirational sort of way versus like mm -hmm. do these five things, you know, which, which translates a lot better and people like, Oh, she actually cares about me. She's not just like telling me what to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I yeah. think that especially coming out of COVID where we were all working from home and there's a massive yeah. shift and then there was a lot more focus on the balance of, you know, work-life mm -hmm. balance and also the impacts on people's mental health, right? Because people yeah. were working crazy hours. They were working in their bedroom. I yeah. actually personally know a couple of people that had a, a burnout from that situation that yeah. they could not switch off. Um, right. I mean, I know personally, like, I'll be honest, I struggled with alcohol during that time because mm -hmm. the only way that I could switch Lots off was like did, drink yeah. like three beers after work, right? right. Um, and I've now on top of it, but during COVID lockdown, it was crazy. Yeah. So uh, we're now out of that, thankfully, but yeah. mental health shouldn't be ignored. So what, what, what are important topics that you're seeing right now? So I write for a treatment center, so um, like uh, addictions treatment center. So that's where a lot of my, um, that's most of what my mental health writing is now. So they're, they're digging in a little bit more to wellness and, and the idea that you don't have to, I mean, alcohol specifically, you don't have to be like this, like raging alcoholic, be considered that right to decide that maybe I should, maybe I should stop drinking or maybe I should just drink a little bit less, like those kind of things. I think that is really becoming a little bit more popular. Um, the sober curious, um, crowd, I guess you could say, I don't know if you've heard of the word, you know, the term sober curious. It's like people who are like, sober curious. No, they... yeah. Oh, so right. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Questioning like, am I drinking too much? Maybe I'll, you know, try a dry January or, or just, try drinking a little bit less or see what life is like without alcohol. So I quit drinking. Um, it was five years in February. And so, um, I was like sort of a binge drinker with no off switch. You know, I didn't like need to go to rehab or anything like that. I wasn't like living under a bridge, 
But like that, you know, that's like the typical, like what we think of when someone has like a problem with alcohol is like they have to lose their job and their marriage and, you know, become homeless and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, you can just decide you don't want to drink anymore and look at all these opportunities, you know, like what I'm doing now, like would have never happened if I was still drinking, like never, 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 never. I yeah. know that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So my my story is, and I think there's a lot of people out there that have these issues, but they're not yeah. talking about them and right. they're ignoring them. Um, so during lockdown, I was like, I've not got anything. It was, it was incredibly stressful. Two kids at yep. home, working yeah. from home, working in the bedroom, working in the home office. You know, it was just, it was just chaos, right? And yeah. homeschooling a little bit as oh. well. And the only way I could relax, I felt, was like, I'm just going to have a drink. But it mm -hmm. got out of hand. This is yeah. every day. And I know other people as well, they were like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're drinking a bottle of wine on, on, on Wednesday night. We would never do mm -hmm. that, you know. Right. We would only have like a glass of wine on a Friday yeah. and then maybe go out. And right. then it got to a certain point where my resilience was really building up. So I was drinking yeah. more to get to that feeling. And then I went out um, to a sports event, right? I got absolutely smashed, you yeah. know, which I never, never do. And I was just like, I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Right. Um, so I had three, I, I stopped drinking alcohol for three months. Nice. I went into some counseling, which really mm -hmm. helped. Mm -hmm. And luckily I've been able to still enjoy a beer every now and again, yeah. right? But like I cap it. I really right. like, I, I, right. I cap it. And, and definitely there were times when I was waking up in the morning with a bad hangover, but oh you just God, get that's through the That's like one of the best things now that I don't drink is like yeah. no hangovers, you know? Yeah, no hangovers. I mean, and you're more productive, right? And, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, like I miss it. Like I just told my husband the other day, I'm like, you know what I really miss about not drinking? Like day drinking. Like that was like the thing, you know? I mean, I quit when I was like... 31 32 maybe I'm 37 now so my son was like 18 months and like becoming a mom was like a huge thing I was like there's no way I can parent and do this still and drink in the way that I want to you know for me like I can't cap it <laughs> like I don't want to cap it it's not like I physically can't but like I like like the feeling too much of being buzzed and I just wanted to keep yeah. going so like I knew that about myself and I knew the only way was to just like stop entirely and so some people are just like that and once yeah. I realized that that's how I was with alcohol, I was like, okay, that's how I am. The only way is to just stop, you know, but there are a lot of people that can just say, whoa, 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 this is too much. I'm going to just drink less and that's fine. So it's different for everybody. Like, there's not like this, like you're horrible and need to quit or like you can drink and it's fine. Like there's a, there's a range, you know, to figure out what it is for you. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And if yeah. anyone's listening today and they yeah. think they are drinking too much, then you probably are, but don't freak out, right? right? Don't panic. <laughs> you can right. deal with it. You can stop yeah. or you can take a break or, yeah, you should talk to someone about it. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm anti lockdown, but I think that, you know, COVID yeah. lockdowns didn't help many people in, oh, in no. the world, right? But, you know, the liquor store is never closed. So it's fine, right? <laughs> like, which yeah, is good. I, mean, I think people I mean, yeah, like would have probably died companies... if they, they did. But you know, because if you can't, you can't. And also, like, let's say if you can't, if you're a person who like drinks when you wake up in the morning, like you need alcohol, you can't just quit. Like you have to talk to a doctor because like you can die from that. Like that's the one thing. Drugs or alcohol, like you will die. You could will not will die. You could die if you just stop without any medical help. So definitely, 
ask your doctor, you know, contact a therapist or something like that. So I also am like a huge proponent of therapy. I go monthly. I've been going for like a year or so. Um, and I'm all for like asking for help and you know, it's, it's okay. I think we're getting better. I think at, um, being okay with like talking about these kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. And, and, yeah. and everybody needs to see a therapist at one time or another. Yeah. I am a true believer in that. And before um, you think cool. you need it, like people are like, Oh, I don't need a therapist. It's like, no, but you might need it. So like get one. And then when you really need it, you already have one, you know? That, that is a great tip. Like that right? sounds like scouts. I mean, it, always and it's, be prepared. A, it's sort of That's a privilege, a right? Not everybody has insurance or like the means. It's expensive, but there's lots of things. Like if you just like look online, there's a lot of like support groups on Facebook and things like that too. So there's a lot of resources out there. Definitely cool. Let's talk about your love of cheese. Just <laughs> do I, I want to cover the cheese? Let's topic. not forget that. <laughs> and, and then we'll, and and then we'll go back to. Um, the content. This relates okay. to the content, right? Because yeah. you put it on your LinkedIn profile, that. right? Yeah, and it makes it more. You 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 do. You're more more human, and we've got something to chat about. Um, so, mm -hmm. what what is your favorite cheese blend? Okay, so you know I'm in the Midwest of the U.S., and um, you know I'm right next to Wisconsin, which is like the cheese heads, right? So there's lots of dairy and cheese around. Um, I like right now it's brie. I've been liking brie a lot. I do love a good like pepper jack. I'm really not like super um, fancy when it comes to cheese, but I I would be fancy with cheese if I knew. I don't. Here's the thing. I love cheese. I just like don't know a lot of cheeses. So like one day I was like on LinkedIn, like what's your favorite cheese? And then like I got all this huge list of like cheeses. I'm like, okay, now I have all these cheeses to try. Um, but yeah, that's just like something always, people always just like know that about me. Like my friends know that I love cheese. Um, just everyone knows that. And so someone told me once, like put a cheese emoji, like next to your name on LinkedIn. And I was like, okay, like, is that weird? <laughs> like, should I, is that unprofessional? But I'm like, I'm not there to like find jobs really. It's like a professional, you know, I'm not trying to find like a corporate job or anything like that. Um, yeah. And if I was, they should like me for my cheese love too. Right. I mean, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Definitely. so it makes it memorable, right? Like you asked me about cheese. Like everyone asked me about cheese or they think of me when they see an article about cheese. I just started a newsletter a few weeks ago and in the newsletter I talk about personal branding, but I also like share an interesting article about cheese every week. So there's just like, you can put it in like little places, you know? Um, and that's like huge for that personal branding is to make yourself memorable. How can you stand out? How can you be unique? How can people think of you when they're at the grocery store, for example, or, or anything like that. Yeah, that's really key that it's being memorable, right? And mm -hmm. that's a really key part of personal branding, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yep. And, um, okay. So if people want to contact you, I mean, I mean, you're doing a brilliant yeah. job on LinkedIn. So if people need help with LinkedIn, um, content, they should reach out to you. It's Blair Sharp with the cheese emoji. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, I also have and, a website. It's blairsharp.com. So you can find me there and you can find like my writing there too. Um, but LinkedIn is probably the best place, best place to go. Definitely. And you also just uh, launched a newsletter, you said, right? Yeah, it's called the Relatable Creator. Um, and that link is right on my LinkedIn profile, um, also in my featured section. So 
Amazing. Okay, so make sure you sign up to that. Are you also using the LinkedIn newsletter as well, or is it this no. an email newsletter? Nope, I've never done that. I, yeah, I just use I use Flowdesk for my newsletter. Yeah, because I've because I, LinkedIn has now launched this feature, which is a LinkedIn newsletter, and I see more and more and more people ah, using it. No, yeah. So when you go way. and publish an article, so this is yeah. a tip for everyone who's listening: when you go and publish an article, it says, "Hey, you can publish this as a newsletter." Um, so cool. people stay within LinkedIn, but it appears as a newsletter and then they subscribe, right? So sure. um, that's, that's something that's becoming really popular. That would be an easy way for someone to start to like, if they don't want to spend, is that free? Do you know? Yeah, it's a hundred percent free. So like, I that mean, would be an easy way for someone to even just like start writing and, and have that, build that email list too. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, though, with the LinkedIn newsletter, you don't you don't get their email address, oh, but it's like oh, a newsletter shoot. through yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, sure. I know that I know I know that Andy's done it amazingly well and has loads yeah. of subscribers. And I know an agency in Amsterdam called Hey Honey. They've been doing it. They've been oh, getting yeah. great results. Cool. So yeah, let's let's dive into that and talk about that another time. Sure. But Blair, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, as you know, we keep the podcast short and sweet here, which yeah. is why you love it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've been a brilliant guest and it's really great that we talk about mental health and alcohol and like on a serious note, if anyone did listen today and they are worried, just say it and, and do get some professional help. It's okay. You know, a lot of people have these issues. Um, and yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Blair, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe.